Blog Talk Radio. You're on the Giants beat on ScoutWithFoxSports.com. Welcome to the Giants Beat Podcast. This is David Aiken here with Aaron York and soon to be joined by Dan Schneier uh, covering what the Giants have done so far in free agency. Uh, we covered a, a few weeks ago, uh, Aaron and I talked about uh, some possible things we wanted to see. Um, and the Giants were probably more active than we were thinking uh, at the time. Um, they signed no fewer than seven players. Um, just to read off real quick what they've done to highlight uh, they brought in Shane Vereen from New England, the running back. Uh, linebackers Jonathan Casillas comes from New England, and JT Thomas from Jacksonville. They bring in the, the offensive tackle Marshall Newhouse from uh, Cincinnati. Uh, they grab Dwayne Harris, the special teamer and receiver uh, from the Dallas Cowboys. They grab defensive lineman Kenrick Ellis from the Jets and also from the Cowboys, uh, George Sullivan. And also said goodbye to a long-tenured and respected giant on role addition to some releases, uh, such as J.D. Walton. Um, Dan, we didn't have you on the show as we previewed free agency uh, the last time we had the show. Uh, so a two-part question, just first, uh, what you were expecting the Giants to do, what you, what you would have liked them to do, and how did that match or did not match uh, what they actually did? I, I actually think, David, that they had a really good plan going in, and I think that plan was to replace Andrew Roll with Devin McCourty, and they figured that with the offer that they were going to make, it was going to be a pretty short thing they would get him based what I would assume is based on, you know, past tendencies with the Patriots to not uh, overpay for some of their in-house free agents, uh, you know, a- after they get to a certain point in their career and not give them that big contract. But it turns out that the Patriots offered a similar deal, according to John Mara, at least, who reported on this this week, to the one the Giants offered. So it looks like McCourty, you know, stayed with the Super Bowl winner, stayed with the team that he's been with, and the coaches he's played with and the teammates he's played with for, for all these years. And that and that's fine. That makes sense. But I think after they couldn't spend that big chunk of their cap and big chunk of the, the money they allocated towards free agency there, they kind of had to spiral a little bit and, and again, pull out, pull out one of the, you know, go on to plan B. And, unfortunately, I, I found plan B to be very frantic and very J.D. Walt, Walton-esque, if, I, if, if, if you will. Uh, I think a lot of it <laughs> yeah. were, were kind of Jerry Reese favorites that he – thought he saw something in and wanted to nab really quick with big offers before anyone even started negotiating with them. Um, you've got guys who, like J.T. Thomas, who's, you know, who's only made 10 starts, who, who are making like, you know, who get three or $12 million offers or 10.5, I think is what he got. Um, you know, Dwayne Harris is a guy who they could have waited and waited for and probably picked off for, for very close to the minimum. Um, but, you know, they offered him a big contract. It's not as big as it seems on paper, uh, because it's five years and it can be, re- and you know, he can be cut with very little money tied to him later on. But it's a lot of money to pay for somebody like that. And I thought those two, those two signings were suspect. But um, but uh, really, I really, I like the, I like the decision making though, at least to to target some needs here in free agency, so they wouldn't have to go for as many in the draft. You got, I mean, if all goes well, J.T. Thomas can slide in at outside linebacker. Shane Vereen fills the need of the passing down back, and we can, we can get more to Vereen a little bit later. I assume we will because I thought he was probably the best signing they made. Um, and then, you know, you've got Dwayne Harris who's going to be, like, more of a special teamer in that sense, and same with Jonathan Casillas. So, so yeah, so I think it started out a little rough, but they, they rounded it out uh, really well over the last few 
last week with uh, the signings of Kenrick Ellis and George Selvio, I think will be really big pieces uh, on the defensive line. Yeah, you make an interesting point in terms of the fact that they did go for Devin McCourty. Uh, they also targeted Brandon Graham before he went back with the Eagles as well. So they were they were punching uh, to an extent at that higher level. Um, but once that that plan A, as you said, once that failed, um, they they definitely went for quantity. And the needs, you can see, I mean, the, the Giants definitely needed linebackers. They needed an offensive tackle. Uh, they needed some help on special teams and receiver depth, defensive line, and, of course, the pass-catching running back. Um, but I guess, I guess the question becomes, do these really feel the needs, or are these just competition and kind of make you less desperate uh, as you go into the draft? Uh, Aaron, I'll ask you, how did you feel the free agency went? And uh, do you think the Giants, how many needs do you think the Giants have really filled in terms of what they've done? Yeah, I think they got a couple of uh, decent linebackers, especially, well, I know J.T. Thomas isn't that, uh, doesn't have a ton of experience, but you add in Jonathan Casillas and you have Devin Kennard coming into the fold last year, and you figure they don't need to spend a lot of draft picks, if any, on that area. But uh, like Dan said, Safety is still a major issue when you have Ontario World going to the Bears. I thought it would be a real shock if they were able to get McCourty. Uh, he was considered almost a lock to go back to New England, so I wasn't really expecting them to get him. So now I think that the Giants ought to spend one of their first three picks on a safety that can come in and and fill the void that's that's left by roll, and they just don't have a lot of veteran strength in that position. So I think safety has to be a top priority. And offensive line, obviously Marshall Newhouse is not going to solve all the problems. He's more of a depth play. So they didn't make a big push in that area. One guy I think that can really make a difference next year is, uh, is George Selvey on the defensive line. His last two seasons with – the uh, Cowboys have been pretty successful. So I could see him as being next year's Robert Ayers where he comes in and uh, maybe he doesn't have a lot of sacks on paper right now, but it can be a really underrated part of next year's defensive line. Uh, and, of course, it helps that he played with Jason Pierre-Paul on, on a, a South Florida team back when they were in college. So I kind of like that as an under-the-radar under signing. And uh, but yes, yeah, still a lot of work to do in the secondary when it comes to safeties. Although you figure with Shane Green in the fold, they they can go another year without using a high draft pick on a running back. No one wants to use a high draft pick on a running back these days anyway. So he's a nice signing, especially since there are a few guys in the NFL who can catch the ball to the backfield the way Vereen can. So I think still offensive linemen, safety, those are two areas you should you should focus on in the draft. Yeah, it's a good point on the safety, and I'll, I'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, I think it sounds like we're all in pretty unanimous agreement that Shane Green uh, makes a lot of sense, was a good signing, uh, fills a useful position, especially in this offense, uh, as a pass-catching running back. Um, but one thing I did want to bring up in terms of safety, um, the Giants, they they did offer something to Andrew Roll. He chose to go to Chicago. Um, don't know exactly what that deal was. Um, but 
uh, enter roll claims he had a sign from uh, Expedia or one of the uh, whoever it was that uh, Chicago was this place. Maybe believe that was the reason or not, whatever. Um, but what I, I wanted to, I'll start with you on this, Dan. Um, so they did, they tried to sign Devin McCourty, mm-hmm. uh, but the, sa- the safety market was very, uh, was mm-hmm. relatively saturated. Um, Ron Parker, Denoris Searcy, uh, Nate Allen, Marcus Gilchrist, uh, Raheem Moore, um, some even some older players like Mike Adams uh, as a stopgap, mm-hmm. uh, Louis Delmas. Um, do you feel like the Giants dropped the ball in, in a way by not having a plan B at safety or even a plan C, or do you think it's even a situation where they're they're waiting to see if someone's cut. Uh, they haven't brought back uh, Stevie Brown or uh, or Quentin Dempsey as of yet, which is you know could be something on the horizon. Dewan Landry, for example, uh, from the Jets is still out there. Um, so how do you feel about after Devin McCourty, then how the Giants attacked or didn't attack safety? So I think you can go both ways here. Um, you can either look at it like they dropped the ball on a guy, let's say like Raheem Moore, who's earned pretty solid coverage grades from Pro Football Focus, been a pretty solid safety. Um, and he signed a very moderate deal, modest deal that some people would say was a big value. But you can also go the other way with that and say, okay, he's played with Quick Talib, he's played with, um, you know, T.J. Ward next to him, he's played with, um, I'm sorry, I'm blanking on his name, the, the slot corner, Chris Harris for them. Really good cornerback, mm-hmm. really good pass rush there. So kind of difficult to gauge how how well he actually played. Same goes for Denor Cersei with the Bills off uh, defensive line. So I really think that it was more of a product of the market, and there just wasn't weren't many options out there. The, the one name I thought was a nice, interesting signing was the one the Redskins got, Jerron Johnson. He's been a special teamer and backup to Earl Thomas and uh, Cam Chance on the Seahawks, but he's a big guy with a lot of speed and a lot of upside, and I think he could have played a little bit of the Jabril Wilson role in uh, Steve Spagnuolo's defense. But at the same time, when you look at it, Nat Berry played very well down the stretch, and uh, – you know, the hope is that Nat will come in and, and be that guy, be that Jabril Wilson type uh, in the box presence next year for the Giants. Um, so I don't think that was as much of a need. I think it's really the center field types that you were hoping to see the Giants go after, and there just weren't any in this market. And just to give a little snippet preview, um, through, through what I've seen so far, um, just from draftbreakdown.com videos and cut-ups and everything I've read, it doesn't look like there's there's many guys, if any guys, in the draft that can really fill that role either. So, they might be forced to try to convert a uh, corner safety or try to or hope, maybe hope that Cooper Taylor can man the role, but it's going to be interesting to see who plays that center field type role. Yeah, that's a good point in terms of the draft as well. I know one name that is uh, one of the big boomer bust prospects is uh, Gerard Hallman uh, from Louisville, but I've, you know, I've read some, some pretty terrible things about him and his, and his one dimension, uh, one dimensionality, if that, if that is a word um, in terms of how, uh, he's not a great tackler. Ballwell had, had a lot of interceptions. Um, but, Aaron, I'll, I'll ask you the same thing. Do you feel like the Giants dropped the ball in, in terms of uh, in terms of pursuing the safety market further, or do you agree with Dan that it just wasn't – the market really wasn't uh, favoring the Giants in terms of this? Yeah, I think they could have done a little more out of life than sign a player like Denaris Thursday out of Buffalo. Uh or uh, maybe a veteran like Mike Adams out of Indianapolis. Uh, uh, Cersei ended up signing with Tennessee. Adams is back with the Colts. But neither of those players can be a huge game changer the way the way uh, a player like McCourty would have been. So maybe the best 
thing to do is sit on their young talent and improve through the draft. We haven't seen anything out of Cooper Taylor yet. We haven't seen anything out of Nat Berhe. Um, hopefully this means that the club is is very bullish on those two young players, or maybe they have a plan in the draft. So it is disappointing to see them come away with nothing, but there are just a lot of question marks we still haven't answered yet. Notably, those two young players I just talked about, the fact that the draft is still coming up. So I think there's still plenty of opportunity for the Giants. There are some lower-tier free agents still out there. So... We'll see what happens, but yeah, that that certainly is an area I would have liked them to address. But they also needed linebackers. They also needed offensive line. Uh, the running back is certainly going to help Eli Manning next year. So um, I would have liked to see them do more safety, but they also did a good job addressing a multitude of areas, which is good because you know football is all about depth and it's all about when injuries happen you have a guy who can step up and it have it not be terrible and I think the Giants with uh, they addressed the special teams, the running back the uh, offensive line, they did a lot there so hopefully they uh, solve some moves to make here Yeah, I think we'll see uh, ultimately the Giants explore um, the free agent market, uh, like the, the lower tier as we get closer to training camp uh, maybe uh an attractive option comes out of uh, post-June cuts, um, or maybe they'll just end up bringing back uh, at least one of Stevie Brown or Quentin Dempse and mid-round pick, and then seeing what the likes of uh, Cooper Taylor and Napper E have. Um, let's talk about the, the big signing, uh, if, if there was one really. Uh, Shane Vereen comes over from New England, uh, had a great season for them as a pass catcher. It's always been his strength. It's really what he'll be doing more or less with the uh, with the Giants. Um, caught, I believe it was 11 passes in the Super Bowl itself. So it was a big part of them bringing home the trophy in February. Um, Dan, in your opinion, uh, what do you think uh, Shane Vereen can bring? And do you think it, it's, uh, it'll be a really significant impact? So I think that with Vereen, um, they filled one of their major needs, and that was a pass-catching running back and somebody who can, who can really stretch the defense horizontally instead of just vertically um, and really open things up uh, in the sense of, okay, if you have somebody who can really make plays out of the backfield, you have to freeze up the linebackers a little bit. It can open up the quick in-breaking route uh, for the receivers that we know Ben McAdoo loves to call. So I think that was huge. But I will say this. I didn't think he was the best value of the crop, of the big crop of these type of players. I Personally, I would have liked to see them uh, save a little bit of money and get a guy like Roy Hulu, who has forced a lot more broken tackles than Shane Vereen and also forced a lot more missed tackles. I'm sorry, missed tackles and a lot more yards after contact. Vereen is not really uh, the most elusive runner, um, but what I do like about Vereen is that he is, is very good at uh, catching the football. He has very few drops. He's good in pass protection. And most importantly, there's some upside because people think that he, um, based on his running style, and it seems pretty obvious to me as well, better fit in a blocking scheme that utilizes more zone blocking concepts and that's what we'll see with McAdoo versus uh, a scheme like the Patriots where he was just in where it was uh, Belichick is one of the key proponents of just pure power blocking schemes. So I think there's a lot to like there um, and I think he could be a much more effective runner than than he was with the Patriots and I think the key thing here is, is what I read yesterday a quote from Tom Coughlin where he said he likes what the Patriots were able to do with Vereen, which was get into 11 personnel, get in spread shotgun formation, and really challenge a defense because 
they can, you know, if the defense decides to really drop back in, into coverage and, and play the pass, they can just dump it off the Vereen, um, which we obviously saw in the Super Bowl. And my goal is that maybe the light has finally clicked on with Tom, with Coughlin, and he's realized, okay, enough of the balance. Let's go to what works. Let's let's utilize what we know works. And this is really the formation and the personnel grouping that worked the best with the Giants last year on offense. So the goal is that, and I hope is that, you know, they'll move towards more of an offense like this. And, and, if, and if that's the case, and, and, you know, he's not just saying that, then I think Vereen could have a really big role in this offense and be a big big key factor. I think that's a great point you made in terms of the offense and what really seemed to work, uh, especially in terms of getting production out of the running back. It's, it uh, seemed like Rashad Jennings is best work. Uh, the more receivers are on the field, uh, spreading the field out. Um, I do like the Shane Vereen signing a lot. Uh, it sounds like we all do. Um, I do like the fact that it's a, it's another target. It's a, as you mentioned, Dan, it's it's horizontal horizontally stretching the field, and not just vertically, which you're going to get from Odell Beckham. Um, you still wonder what uh, uh, Ruben Randall is going to provide, and of course, you really don't know how Victor Cruz is going to come back either. Uh, Larry Donnell remains really a mystery long term. Um, so I feel we have with Shane Green just another reliable target, a person that, that can uh, can move the uh, move the sticks on third down whether he's uh, coming out of the backfield or, or to, to run up the middle. Uh, Aaron, what were your thoughts on Shane Vereen? Yeah, I was really excited about Vereen just because of the versatility he can add to the offense because Rashad, Rashad Jennings getting hurt last year and Andre, Andre Williams, still not a great pass catcher, might never be a huge part of his game. So I saw that was a necessary signing, especially given Jennings' age, the fact that he was hurt for part of last year. So um, I was a fan of it, and like Dan said, I think there is some untapped potential for Vereen as more of a full-time guy who can run the ball. Uh, Certainly New England's one of the teams in the league that specializes more than anyone else, so they uh, didn't give Vereen the ball on the ground a lot, but there's uh, still potential for him to be a guy who can mm-hmm. get 20 touches a game, uh, no matter whether it's on the ground or through mm-hmm. the air. So I was, I'm pretty uh, psyched to see how the Giants will uh, mix it up with him and Andrew Williams and Rashad Jennings uh, as we head into uh, next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious to see as well how much the Giants decide to use him as an actual runner. Uh, I think what he provides in the passing game, not only uh, just coming out of the backfield as a runner, but he can line up. He lined it out wide for New England. He lined up in the slot. He's, he has mm-hmm. uh, immense value, really, as a receiver. So we'll see if the Giants decide to keep him more in that role exclusively or if they'll they'll use him you know, as a three-down back and not just a third-down back. Um, mm-hmm. But the Giants signed six other players. So uh, if, assuming that we all agree that Shane Vereen is the best addition uh, I'll start with you, Dan. Is there another player here that you felt was just a really great signing that you really uh, helped the Giants in a way? Yeah, so my my key, my favorite signing really is the Kenrick Ellis signing. Um, I'm a huge fan of it. I, I decided to dig back into it after they made the signing. And you look at a guy who hasn't played limited snaps with the Jets, but it makes sense because he's trying to compete with a defensive line that features Muhammad Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, Damon Harrison. There's really nowhere to go. There's nowhere. There's no way he's going to earn starting reps with that kind of line. But when you look at it, he's been really, really strong against the run in limited snaps. Um, 
According to Pro Football Focus, in 2013 he played 207 snaps, a little more than last year, and he was actually the third best run run stopping uh, nose uh, nose tackle slash defensive tackle. That's every four three defensive tackle and every nose tackle on a three four uh, against the run. He was the third best in, in those limited snaps, which is even more impressive. Um, he's a big guy. He's six four, two fifty almost, um, and he can also move. So. I think there's a lot of untapped potential with Ellis, and I'm really excited about that signing. Unfortunately, it looks more like a Martellus Bennett type of one-year deal. Um, but hopefully, with this one, you know, he can, we can really get a lot out of him, and then we'll we'll see after next year if we, if they want to resign him. Yeah. Before I ask Aaron the same question, uh, I just totally agree with what you said. I, I feel like Kendrick Ellis can be a huge upgrade and a help on the defensive line. Uh, the one worry, as you just mentioned as well, the the one-year deal. Um, in terms of keeping him long-term, if he's a success, how do you manage that with other big contract extensions coming up? Um, could be something that falls to the wayside. But uh, I do like like him a lot. Uh, Two-down run stuffer. And what could work in the Giants' favor in terms of signing him long-term, if if that does happen, is a, the uh, that two-down run stuffer is kind of – it's losing value a little bit as you see teams more comfortably using uh, nickel and, and dime packages even as closer and closer to their, their base defense. So um, it's a position that's kind of – it's getting more and more niche, and I think you'll find that uh, Kendrick Ellis will, will be a great, great fit in that role. He has been uh, with the Jets. It's just hard to uh, – Devin Harrison is one of the great young nose tackles in the league, uh, and he was playing behind a great veteran before that, uh, Sione Bua as well. So it wasn't always easy for Kendrick Ellis to get on the field, and as you mentioned, Dan, as well. The uh, the excellent talents, uh, their first round pick, Sheldon Richardson and uh, and Muhammad Wilkerson. Uh, but Aaron, we'll bounce the question to you. Is there any name in particular outside of Shane Berea that you felt can be make a major impact? Yeah, I'm going to go back to Selby. Although I certainly have read good things about Ellis, that could be end up being the sneakiest uh, signing the Giants make. And there still is uh, value for guys who can stop the run because um, even the, even teams that throw the ball a lot, like the Packers, you see them try to get uh, Eddie Lacy involved, and it's all, you're only making it harder on yourself when you let guys like that run over you, and then you have to deal with the, the play-action pass. So I think that's a good signing, but I, I like Selvi a lot. Um, there's some untapped potential there. If they choose to use him, put him on the field a lot, which they might now that Matthias Kiwanuka has retired. Um, although hopefully Demontre Moore will develop so that you can use him as a full-time player. But uh, the more pass rushers, the better in my opinion, uh, is the, the better in my opinion. And I mean, that's the way the Giants have operated for a while now. And that's the way football is shifting with the importance of the passing game. So um, just to get a guy like him who kind of, can end up having a big impact next season is the biggest plus so far for me. Yeah, it was good to add uh, depth on the defensive line uh, heading into the draft, uh, especially, as you mentioned, losing Matthias Kiwanuka. Uh, We have just under seven minutes left. Uh, Before we do a quick uh, look to the draft, um, Aaron, I'll throw it back to you. Uh, Do you have any worries at all of of Eli Manning's? uh, Sounds like they're ways apart on an extension. Uh, is there any fear in your mind that, that, that it may not happen? It would be surprising if they didn't reach an agreement. It would be surprising even if 
they don't reach an agreement mm-hmm. that Manning would walk away, even if he even if, even if he is a free agent, I would be shocked if Manning were to walk away after next year. He's um, played now in, for 12 years with the Giants, and uh, he's you know he's had a home here. He's never played anywhere else. Um, he's been healthy, which is really important. He had one of his best seasons last year, which certainly mm-hmm. gives him a little bit of leverage, but um, I don't think the Giants really want to have him as an age 39 player, although if you look at quarterbacks around the league, having a quarterback that old isn't a disaster, but Manning's never been as good as his brother, who is, is playing quarterback effectively uh, around that age. Given everything considered, maybe the Giants give him four years, a little more guaranteed money. Maybe they give him all five and they give him a little less guaranteed money. Uh, the sides are going to agree to something because Manning doesn't want to leave. The Giants certainly don't want to be in a situation where they're looking for a new quarterback. They have enough issues missing the playoffs three straight years without having to worry about quarterbacks. So, um both sides stand too much to gain from an agreement to let this one fall through. I'm not worried about it yet. And, hey, even if Manning somehow is playing for a new team in 2016, uh, the Giants have missed the playoffs three years in a row, so maybe freeing up tap space and uh, starting over wouldn't be the worst thing at this point. It all depends on what they do next, uh, what they do uh, in 2015. Yeah, there's a lot to factor in if Eli does decide to play hardball, which there's no indication quite yet that's what's happening. Um, Dan, do you feel the same way? Do you think uh, it's it's something to worry about, or do you think it's something that'll get done? No, I, I, I don't think it's anything to worry about at all. I think it will get done, and I also don't think that there's any scenario, at least in my mind, where I could see the Giants moving on from Eli Manning, and there's no scenario where I think they should move on from Eli Manning. Um, it's really impossible to find a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, to move on from somebody who just, you know, threw for 30 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, um, you know, six, his highest completion percentage of his, of his career, nearly 4,000, was he over 4,000 yards, I think. So, I mean, this is a guy reaching new heights and a new offense. Yes, if he regresses this year, it's something to worry about, but there's always factors that play a role, in my opinion, in that, and they all have to be taken into consideration. If you see a big drop-off in something like his arm velocity and something like his footwork and something like his, you know, progression through reads, something like that, if he's a little bit step slower, then maybe. But, I, you know, I haven't seen that yet. So I think it would be a big mistake to not resign. The, the whole hope, the hope that you have is that he takes a team-friendly deal. But based on the history with the Mannings, both Eli and Peyton, that seems unlikely, unfortunately, for the Giants um, and their salary cap situation. Yeah, I think you're right in that it's, it's nothing really to worry about, but nonetheless, it should be a priority, and I think that's, you know, having good agents uh, will take care of that and know how to milk that as much as you can. Um, we have a few minutes left, so I figured we'd go to the draft so the Giants can find some players, uh, possibly plug some gaps, see if that changes anything in your, your guys' minds in terms of how to approach the draft. Uh, Dan, last time we had you on the show, you mentioned Danny Shelton as a possibility at number nine. Uh, have you wavered on that at all, or is there anyone else you're thinking about? Yeah, I think now with with the move to sign Ellis, I think that Shelton Boat can can pass over for now. I wouldn't mind the signing. Um, it wouldn't be bad to have a rotation with four defensive tackles who can play, but I, I don't think it's the best move for them at this point. Uh, 
And after watching a little bit more of Shelton, you see some inconsistencies in his game that I do think won't be an issue in the NFL when he gets proper coaching, but it's not an immediate impact player. So something I've actually been toying with lately is the idea of signing Kevin, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, drafting Kevin White or Amari Cooper, and hopefully Kevin White, because he's the guy I have number one on my board for receivers. And the idea behind this would be this. You draft a guy like that, and now you have a guy like him and Odell Beckham under contract for a minimum of of four more seasons, including this one, uh, five for White, the fifth-year option for first-round rookies, at basically pennies, fractions of the cost. They'll be two, you know, in, under $5 million for premier wide receivers. And you can then allocate salary cap in other places and really build a strong team around them without spending on receiver. This plan, of course, would, would be under the impression that Victor Cruz doesn't come back himself and then the Giants uh, get rid of his his big contract. And even if he does, you could spend a little bit more on receiver and really have a lethal three three receiver set with those three. So it's something interesting. It's not a need pick at all, but it would really make this offense a little more dynamic. And one of the reasons I really would like the pick is just because the options at that pick based on the, the market are a little limited. I mean, you can go with Andres Pete, who's my number one offensive tackle, or a guy like Sheriff, who's probably the, the most ready lineman. But then you're – passing up the opportunity to find a guy like T.J. Clemmings um, or, or D.J. Humphreys or, you know, or even a guy like Eric Flowers in round two, these tackles will drop in their first-round talent. So the value is not necessarily there. Um, and then, of course, I mean, I still have all the edge rushers on my board. Hopefully the two guys I have my eye on are Randy Gregory and Dante Fowler, just because I think they project best to the 4-3 uh, even man front. Um, you really don't want to – but you can take a guy like Beasley or Shane Ray and hopefully put them at strong side linebacker as well. So there's a lot of options for the Giants for the first pick. The receiver is an interesting place to go because in the offense there is such uh, utility for the receivers. Uh, Aaron Latsky, we sounded – last time we discussed it, uh, we sounded uh, uh, interested in, in offensive linemen mostly. Has that changed at all for you, or do you, do you think the receiver is even a good idea? What do you think at number nine? The receivers are definitely tempting. You see uh, Mari Cooper and Devontae Parker, the wide receiver out of Louisville, falling below the giant spot in some recent mock drafts. So the the problem for me is I still want the boring offensive line pick because even with Manning being able to find Beckham at will last year, uh, this team still struggled to get pushed. They still got... Uh, destroyed in that game in Philadelphia. They're, I think they still need depth in the line, so I'd be fine with Shreff, although I'm not, I wouldn't kill them for drafting one of those wide receivers. They're probably a, a better value, like Dan said, given the uh, skill level of those players, um, although it is seemingly getting easier to find wide receivers. If you look at what last year's class did, Odell Beckham wasn't the only rookie wide receiver to have a really impressive 2014 season. Um, but another possibility is Gregory, who with the uh, marijuana issue that just came up with him, he could see his stock uh, dropping down to where the Giants can pick him. That would be a really great value given that he's considered a top five pick right now. So um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be too upset with a defensive end either, but I would probably lean against wide receiver just because I feel like the Giants need the most help in the trenches right now. 
Myself, I'm open to a, a variety of spots. The receiver argument, I think, is a good one because there's great talent there at the top of the draft. And also because Ruben Randall, uh, if, he's, if he doesn't elevate his game, he's probably in his last year as a Giant. You really don't know what you're getting from Victor Cruz. And it is a, it is a scheme that has at least three, three, uh, three receivers on the field most of the time. So having a dynamic second receiver, investing heavily in a second receiver, isn't a, uh, especially as you're surely going to commit to Manning, uh, long-term at some point, um, so it would make sense. But uh, my biggest worry is the offensive line, uh, not only finding a starter at either right guard, right tackle, whatever you decide to do with Justin Pugh, but perhaps even someone that could long-term go out to left tackle because William Beatty is going to be one of the Giants' highest earners uh, over the next few seasons, and it might be a situation where he's no longer uh, no longer worth that. A player I really like is Lyle Collins out of LSU, Perhaps they go back to the LSU well mm-hmm. after last season. Uh, he's, to me, a player that uh, you can probably slide in a guard or right tackle immediately. And perhaps in two years down the line, maybe three years down the line, when he's, when he's more te- technically sound, you can slide him out to left tackle uh, potentially. But uh, there's, there's plenty of value there. The Giants should be looking to get a great player no matter what position. And in a way, that's just the most important thing, to keep adding talent to your football team and letting the board dictate what you do and not your, necessarily your biggest needs. Um, well, that just about wraps it up. We covered free agency, covered the draft. We'll have another show uh, coming closer to the draft. We'll really focus on the draft as a, as a whole, all seven rounds, uh, stacking you know uh, top players at each at each uh, pick, names you're looking out for, and uh, of course, as we get closer to the draft, we'll really start the board will really start coming together in terms of what's going to happen in front of the Giants as well. So thank you all for listening, and be sure to check us out in a few weeks when we do our draft preview.